One of the things I love about um, Twitter, I guess we have to call it X now, is that you it's a meritocracy. You have to add value in order to get followers. It's not about the great dish that you had at the French Laundry or the luxury seat you have on the PJ. You actually have to give it before you earn it. And that's how we met our next guest, uh, Mitchell Baldridge. Uh, he's a CPA, but you're prolific on Twitter, like my boy Peter here. He's a Twitter maniac now, or an ex-maniac, you should call it. Um, and you're just giving out massive advice and really good stuff, actually. Like, holy shit, it was amazing. And I reached out to you and uh, I said, I want to jump on your bandwagon. Like, how can we work together? Because the most common question Peter and I get asked is, who's your CPA? Who does your bookkeeping? Who does this? Who does that? And we don't really have a person. So it, it was selfish interest to uh, help me and help Peter that this relationship was born well we have people but we've gone through it realizing like you know we've fallen for this trap in dentistry mitchell where we feel like well i'm going to go with a dental cpa because i feel like they'll know more about my specific industry and it's a complete disaster it is because they don't really have they're not actively looking for all the the things that you know one of your posts that i love that actually confirmed that you were the guy <laughs> was I, I obsess about ways to mitigate taxes for my, my clients, right? I'm looking for ways to avoid, defer, and minimize. And it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And I was like, this is my guy. This is my guy. So we'll let you, we'll let you, uh, we'll jump in. But yes, it was, this was founded on Twitter and now here we are live. Um, so awesome guys. Um, it, you know, thanks for having me on. I, it's been great to meet you too. And to kind of, get into the bulletproof stuff and learn more about what y'all are up to. And, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I have a lot of, so yeah, I'm Mitchell Baldridge. I'm a CPA and a financial planner. I'm from Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, run a couple CPA kind of niche businesses that we'll, we'll talk about here, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of talk out there in the accounting space of how to bulletproof your accounting firm, mm. it, you know, it, and I mean, everyone wakes up in the same spot of they're like, look, I'm a technician. I'm really, really good at what I do. I know how to cap teeth. I know how to, you know, make people, make people smile, look beautiful, but yes. I'm on a treadmill and I don't know how to run my business. And believe it or not, uh, accountants wake up in that same position <laughs> all the time. So, you know, three or four years ago, I, I kind of found myself in that world of I, I need to figure out a business model and a business plan within my accounting firm. And that's part of, frankly, what brought me into Twitter. And, and it's funny that when all of these, you know, they all say you need to niche down as an accountant. And apparently the best niche in the world is dentists. <laughs> you know, all these uh, all dental real estate yeah. and practices and yeah. it's all the, it's yeah, because typically our business due diligence is like, I like that guy. <laughs> he, I, yeah. I get a good feeling about him. You know what? I'm going to buy a shit ton of life insurance from that. I just, I just like him. He's that other, golfer, he goes to more. my country club. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. you know, so accountants love dentists because uh, I think the, practices are somewhat uniform and so what you guys have done is is a fantastic job of like layering a, a ideal model PL on top of a of a regular dentist practice and, and that got me excited to work with you guys because you know 
you know, we kind of think alike and and maybe we can uh, merge our talents and help a bunch of people. So that's mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to remark on a story that just happened recently. I was talking to uh, a listener of the podcast, and she was contemplating joining the mastermind, and uh, she did, and she's awesome, and I love her, and I don't want her to think of this the wrong way when I mention her, but she did have me talk to her, air quotes, CFO, who I think she's subsequently fired, you know, as a precursor to joining to make sure the value proposition yeah. was right for her. And just going through very cursory, works with dental practices and plastic surgery practices, I'm like, okay, so what are your stipulations for goals? Like what is the percentage of overhead for marketing or for staff salaries or blah, 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 blah. No answers whatsoever. So I think the dental CPA attractant label is really powerful because you all can speak in the language like did you buy a nomad or did you you know did you was that an instrument or was that a capital expense or sure you know but beyond that saving dentists from paying lofty amounts of taxes is really a subspecialty of cpa work cpas oh. pride themselves in deciphering the tax code and knowing what to pay but it's a total separate endeavor and seemingly unrelated to being an accountant to do tax planning like it's a whole separate thing and we didn't i didn't know that for the first decade of my career yeah mitchell how big is the tax code and randy <laughs> one of our, our our favorite uncle randy's he, you know we have uh, someone who speaks to our group on financial acumen and stuff like that and he says i think the tax code is like what six thousand pages or something yeah i mean yeah. it's a monster and 30 of them are designed to here's how you file taxes the remaining the remaining balance is here's how you can Don't write taxes off, right yeah. Government incentives, which government incentives, here's how you can do it. Right. Yeah. And so that's where I get frustrated or have been frustrated with CPAs in the past is that it seems like a, a, a CYA business, right? Because you're the one signing the return and they're like, yeah, this is good enough. I won't get questioned. Let me just sign yeah. this and submit it versus like, I want someone who's like you obsessed in the night about like, you know what? Yeah. There was a strategy we missed in blah, 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 right? We didn't take advantage of this research credit. You know, I didn't tell my 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 person to do a cost segregation, like all the things yeah. you're going to talk about. Or the today. master's rule or the Augusta rule and all these little things. Yeah, that you learn. right. And so and like I want someone obsessed because like you said in your in your tweet, it's not always what you make. It's what you keep. And taxes are the biggest expense of our life. Full stop. Full yep. stop. Uh, and to your point, yeah, tax is really, really simple. All income, all sources. So if you're walking on the beach in uh, Bali and you reach down and pick up a gold coin, uh, the U.S. wants to tax that. That's oh, the, that's now 30% theirs or 40% or 50% depending on where you live. And then, um, you know, the, the, the government provides this thing called legislative grace where, you know, you may get to take some expenses. So, you know, yeah, when you go pay your uh, dental hygienist, you get to write that off. And, and then you wind up at some kind of, you know, simple cash basis income in the door minus expenses that it took to get that income. And, and that's your starting point in my world. And if we can get you to there, then we can start thinking about that's yeah. the stopping point at many others world yeah 99 that's the stopping point and yep. since we're dunking on cpas i'm just going <laughs> to add to it the other thing that just really drives me batshit crazy and i'm going to let you unwind on this i one know where too. you're going with this i know where you're going with this. i'm sorry it just no, drives me it. crazy so so, so the dentists have a cpa they met him at the golf course let me ask my cpa yeah. So somehow by by the three letters behind your name cpa is not mba Right. And there's sure. a lot of CPAs that work out of their mother's ba uh, basement. I'm not, I'm, uh, 
Mitchell, if you're there right now, please accept my apologies. Mom, <laughs> where's mom, the meatloaf? Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Settle down, mom. I'm on the I'm on the phone. <laughs> no, but like it's like they're not business people. So what strikes sure. me immediately when I started reading your tweets is like, holy shit, this is a real business person. Like he really understands and the, all these intricacies and you're actually giving business advice. But we have, we bump against the, we bump up, we bump up against these CPAs that are giving business advice to their dentist clients. Like saying things like, you're paying your hygienist too much money. Based on what? Based on the dollar amount that she's being paid. When in actuality, as a percentage of the sales she's bringing in, she's sure. actually the biggest profit center you have. But empirically, they're saying, it's just too much money. I've never heard of that. And Versus, therefore, you should fire them. Yeah, give them a raise because and, every dollar you pay them makes you $5. Right. Right? Or, or you have one that's empirically making you know half of that person and they're you're actually losing money. So yeah. the myopic perspective of the CPA, like looking at the line item and not the business. And frankly, I don't know if you're trained. So I'd love you to speak to your traditional CPA background and then what you learned after or or how you came upon being such a well-rounded advisor, if you don't mind. Another one of your pet peeves, though, just to give more context, because I thought you were going there, is we've talked to a lot of people when they're having to make decisions about their business. Right, whether whether like Craig said that the the salary or this do I expand, and there and the default is well let me I don't know let me let me talk to my CPA and and I'll get you an answer, and Craig's like at what point has your CPA ever owned a dental practice or right has has something of scale that was like an entrepreneurial scale, and so uh, it's like again, asking not, a fat person how to get in shape you know and I yeah. and listen there are CPAs out there that are extremely yeah. entrepreneurial. And sure. there's others that are well, not. So we're you're on asking. the call with one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and put it that way. Like, look, I, I love CPAs. I'm not going to rag on them. It's a hard job. It's a job that's just gotten harder and harder and harder with, uh, you know, the government has used CPAs as the uh, fulcrum of giving out you know, economic stimulus over the past five years. And so through all of the COVID stuff, the the CPA was the the channel for how hmm. all of this government stimulus was delivered. Different CPAs had different ways of kind of monetizing that, and, and some CPAs made millions and millions of dollars over the past few years on behalf of all this, and some CPAs just got twice the amount of work and, and didn't ever know how to capture it. So, like, it's a hard job. It just gets harder and harder and harder. Sure. Frankly, like. I, I can I can say this now, but I I wasn't like built to be a CPA. I'm not the guy who you really want to, you, you know. If if you're the dentist and you just go, look, I'm not the guy who you want to uh, actually do the cap on your tooth. You want me thinking in a broad way about kind of how to push the practice forward, how to push the um, the whole process forward, and and that's just kind of how I've always been. I, I became a CPA. Cause I graduated college in the great financial crisis and uh, a great family friend of mine gave me some good advice. He said, you should become a CPA. You'll get a job. You'll get a training in business. You'll be able to do whatever you want to do. And I always wanted to be in real estate and maybe one day I will, but <laughs> we'll talk when more about up. that. But like, but so then, you know, so then, the way I became a well-rounded business person is I realized, man, I just can't 
sit here and do these tax returns. I, I'm better with people. I'm better with relationships. I'm, I'm frankly a better salesperson, a, a technical salesperson than I am a CPA. So I kept developing that and developing that. And then I had to so, uh, somehow develop a mechanism to get all the work done <laughs> that mm -hmm. I can sell. And, and so then I've, I've been slowly and scaling the, you know, the work machine of my practice. And, and that's, you know, I've well, had to really and the strategy, right? Like you yep. enjoy the strategic part of sure. saving your client money. The, that's an the, important the, distinction. Yeah. That's yeah. an important distinction because that's, that's what attracted, you know, yeah. got me to read every single thing you post and <laughs> repost it because it's the str strategic stuff. It's amazing to me. And I don't want to put on my tinfoil hat, but why is it that we are not taught like, dentists and you know this is a dental podcast so a lot of our list most of our listeners are dentists we are at the apex of the high education consumer uh you sure know, we spend we're spending up to 500 grand and we all come out and have no clue whatsoever <laughs> like this podcast is going to be revolutionary the things that we're going to talk about They're for not, people yeah you, here take all your income take all your expenses and now you have a profit and loss statement no one no one Right. It's the doctor right. who gets all the way out of school without right. a basic nutrition right. class or you right. know, they don't but it's also it. they don't pay themselves a wage for the earnings that they do. Sure. So they're over they're, they think their overhead is 25%. So and, let me hire four more associates. And oh wait, those guys need to be paid now. I'm mm -hmm. I'm working for free because it's my business. Yep. So it's we're 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 getting ahead of ourselves, but it's um so, it's it's amazing to me that I had to learn this I, I learned it late really late and i'm really uh, happy for those that are listening now that get to learn at 35 or 40 or whatever or even pete's age at 60. and so what one of my business mentors who's taught me the most about business is a guy who's a, a roofer and he's a friend of mine and he puts roofs on houses and um you know he hires labor and he buys materials and he has accounts receivable and like he just was the guy who uh, it, over a three-year period gave me an MBA and just how to run a business and you know just made fun of me the whole way but I you know it's been a it's been a journey for me and I well I'm that's still kind learning. of our thesis you know quite honestly Mitchell I know you don't know tremendous I mean you know a little bit about Bulletproof but that is kind yep. of like the, the, that the thesis was, to make fun of me <laughs> well that too was the genesis was to was to right to Craig's point right like how like I was like there's enough business I'm sorry, there's enough clinical pods. We can, there's, there's no lack of information for how to run, how to do clinical dentistry. Mm -hmm. There was a lack of acumen of how to, you know, how to grow, how to scale, how to operate, how to build, how to market, right. How to, how to retain people, it, right. The operations of it, it just seemed like it was like, oh yeah, just, just go blow and go. And so yep. like our, the whole reason behind our name Bulletproof was to insult, you know, do all these things, do these 12 steps. And it, it will essentially make you bulletproof from the economic climate, from the person opening up across the street, from blah, 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 from the hygienist quitting, because it just make it, it secures you on a lot of footings versus, oh, man, I got a bad review. I'm going out of business now kind of thing. Right. Yeah, like, my my landlord raised the rent. And yeah. Like, what can I do? I, yeah. I, I, that, that's my profit. I'm out, you know. And so, um, you know, so it's really that that was our that was the the ethos of why we started this, because like Craig's saying we got zero zero training and Craig and I joined each other because we, we went on different paths. We didn't meet each other till late in our career, but we shared the same war stories, the same ass kicking, right? Yep. 
the same arrival. I was like, God, man, if we could just like combine our joint knowledge and then, and then, and then give awareness to our community, wouldn't that be a value? Yeah, let's do that. You know, no kidding. So, yeah, I mean, and it, you, everyone sees that in their market or in their areas. Uh, why did these doctors all join together and sell out to private equity at 10 X? Uh -huh. And then why am I just punching myself in the face every month and uh -huh. trying to make payroll and everyone, you know, everyone's trying to provide the same service and, you know, bring home some money for their family and, and grow their practice. And, uh, look, if if you can get on the right track and and make the right choices and, and build a fundamental business plan that that makes money that you can take home, it, it, frankly, you get to hire better people, you get to serve better clients, you get to get, grow your business. It, it's a good thing for everybody. So you know, being a yeah, being in any kind of like practice or in any kind of customer service role like we are is a tough business and it, it really the moat is getting great people around you and getting better and better processes and so that's how that's the flywheel of running any kind of service business it's just like we get to charge more because we do better work and then we get to hire better people so we do better work so then we get to charge more <laughs> and yeah. and it and then we get better and better clients along the way and we get to pick and choose our clients and we don't have to work with uh, psychopath assholes. So, yeah, it's you true. Know. And the so, problem is the trajectory of a service provider, a dentist, architect, or, you know, CPA for that matters to get mm -hmm. really good at your craft. So you're so yeah. good that everybody wants you. Yeah. And then you can't get somebody or your ego is so fragile. You don't want to hire the better doctor or the better CPA, or the better lawyer. And now it's a kingdom of one and you can't yeah. scale. So it's, like it's one guy years. and a bunch of helpers uh, as right. opposed to a real, uh, yeah, where you're just, again, I, I've become fortunate in the last year where I, I've got a partner in my main business, Roger. I, I have people around me who uh, we've hired a quality control guy, like where I just get to go, oh, I'm no longer the best CPA here. What a relief, <laughs> you know? Or, wonderful. It's wonderful because yeah. you're a damn good CPA and, yeah. you know, and you made it as a CPA. And if you can actually attract people better than you, the, your consumer, your customer wins. It's awesome. Love it. Bear with me one second, guys. Oh, we're, we're just fanning on your tweets. There yeah. we go. So this was the impetus for me wanting to get you on the pod. And not all of this will correlate. But I was like, man, wouldn't it be good if we could do a dental extrapolation? And so sure. there's a post on the screen. If you're listening to this in your car, there is a post on the screen for Mitchell. And it's, and it's the post, not what you earn, what you keep. Here are my 10 favorite tax uh, tax hacks for business owners. So, Mitchell, we can skip these, skip some of them if you feel like they're not applicable. And I may have caught sure. you off guard. But Craig and I can help maybe do a a uh, a dental a dental. Uh, narrative or dental dialogue on on this can help with it if 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 we need to kind of extrapolate into dentistry too but are you cool with kind of going through these quickly let's go awesome. so yeah 10 10 tax hacks for business owners i mean this is my my core deal is just for for business owners how do you um kind of grow your business and pay less tax unfortunately tax hacks tax hack number one qbi optimization does not apply for dentists uh 
Mm. We are specialty service trade businesses, dentists, mm, 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 accountants, mm. lawyers, oh, uh, oh, oh, this a lot of these consulting great. businesses. So yeah, yeah, forget it. Turn the pot off. All right. Um, <laughs> donor advised funds. Uh, Number two, donor advised funds. Okay. Go. Um, you go work with your financial planner or with Fidelity or Charles Schwab or Vanguard. You can go give away uh, appreciated stock into a, a charity account instead of giving cash. It, it's a double dip because if you bought Tesla at $10,000 and now it's worth a million dollars, you can give the gift of Tesla to a charity and never have to recognize that gain of $990,000. So you don't have to sell the stock, pay the tax, and then give away the net. You can give away the gross oh, and, and never pay and tax. And that's a charitable deduction. And it's a charitable deduction oh, at the gross amount of the value of the stock. And and it, like I say in the tweet, if you can, if you love the stock, if you want to own a million dollars of Tesla, you just get to go buy it back. Um, S corps. Number are, three S corps. So one of the, one of the big reasons S corps are valuable is QBI. Unfortunately that doesn't matter for us, but it still does matter because Dentists can make a whole lot of money. And what S-Corps allow you to do is set a fair market salary for you. So you get to pay yourself in lockstep with the comp plan of the other associates in your practice. And, you know, if you follow this bulletproof P&L, you're still going to have 30% carryover as a, as a, you know, net earning to the owners. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to pay Medicare tax on all of the earnings of all of your practice at 3.8%. You get to pass that out as a uh, basically an owner's draw, and it's just not subject to Medicare tax. So even without the QBI benefit, which is awesome, you still get the Medicare benefit. Uh, hey, so Mitchell, let me jump in. Sorry yes, for sir. one second. The minimum amount, I know it changes. Is it right around like... 162 and where's that number found i always hear that number thrown around uh yeah that would be the uh, so the minimum would be the social security max wages or max withholding which is on 160 200 in 2023 so you're okay. you're dead on so yeah. you say that's the minimum because anything you pay yourself less than that you're not paying social security tax on mm. and if you're a doc uh, the the IRS is going to come to you and go, wait, you're a dentist who is paying a bunch of people 250 grand yet you make $80,000. We don't believe it. So yeah, a lot of dentists are doing that. They're paying themselves like 40, 50 grand of W2 wages. And uh, you can do that, but your exposure exists from 50 grand to whatever the IRS deemed fair comp would be. So, right. you know, I, I, I don't know. I haven't heard you guys talk about this, but just the idea pops in my head of you should pay yourself on the same comp structure that you pay every other associate in your office, you know, uh, yeah, just cause that that's, makes sense. that's to your point, Craig, like what would it cost to replace you? Well, you already right. know. Right. right. Um, but, Number four, this is, this is uh, do we have like I, a drum? Do you have that sound this, machine? This, this yeah, is my so this is how I live my life, Mitchell. This number is four the, bonus depreciation, the big air horn. <laughs> 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 we need um, that. 
So yeah, bonus depreciation. I the got, eighth wonder of the world. I got that. Oh. The crowd goes wild. People wow. love bonus depreciation. I don't know what it is. Like you want to get a party hyped. It's yeah, like, you, you when I go out into the world, people are stopping and talking to me about bonus depreciation. And amazing. Yeah. That people go wild. Um they do. So bonus so depreciation is this concept of uh so it, with real estate everyone knows that the richest people in the world um are or you, you know the the real estate guys are these rich guys who don't pay tax they live in every yeah. town in the world they're they're at your country club I'm not sure everyone knows that <laughs> well know that. you said well everybody knows but i'm not sure well, that's no. common knowledge. i mean we we had the we had the the president who shall not be named with the $750 tax return. Um, that's well, the one that lives in like a $4 million house in Palm beach. It, well, yeah, exactly. That's like a so, hundred, a hundred acres or something in Palm beach. Bingo. So yeah. that, um, you know, these, so this concept of bonus depreciation is when you go buy a building and the best example for Dennis is, you either pay rent to somebody or you own this building that you're operating your your practice out of. Well, in 2017, the aforementioned uh, real estate president created this law called the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which kind of reinstated this idea of 100% bonus depreciation. And furthermore, uh, created a rule that bonus depreciation could be applied on used property. It used to just be that brand new development was bonus eligible well now a building that was built in 1972 that you buy today is bonus eligible and so bonus depreciation is this concept of taking your property and you know deducting the depreciation today for five seven and 15 year property that that should be deducted over you know that a much longer time period so like 29 years or so is that is that the number that i've heard or it depends yeah so uh, you know this gets into uh, another big concept that we can dig into later which is cost segregation but um and we own this business you know around cost segregation that, that we're working with you on but mm -hmm. of now I'm a physician or I'm a doc or I'm a dentist and, and I'm buying this building that I'm operating out of, whether it, whether it's an old house that we've retrofitted some, some chairs into, or whether it's a 50,000 square foot office building, if my practice is operating out of a building the the big problem with bonus depreciation is that it was only available to real estate professionals, mm -hmm. but when you own the when, when you, you own asset. the real estate yeah. that that is a business asset you get access to that sweet sweet bonus depreciation so you buy this building and this cost segregation study we identify five year 15 year seven year property which is you know special air handling system special ti uh, especially dentists have a lot of equipment and a lot of yeah, specialized tenant equipment. improvement i'm just translating Sorry. oh yeah thank you no and so you know the the concrete outside the asphalt driveway the the, the landscape the carpet the wiring bingo and, the and so we 
we basically run an engineering study to identify what all of that property is. We assign a shorter tax life to it and we allow the owner of the building to accelerate that depreciation into the year they bought the property, uh, you know, and, and bonuses stepping down year over year over year. But this but year it's what? 80%, correct? 80%. Next yeah. year it's 60. So, so a lot of dentists, Mitchell, own their own building. I've never, and Craig and I have, you know, a lot of experience with this, just talking to entrepreneurial dentists. Mm -hmm. They own their business and ne never have heard of something called a cost sec. And it's the yeah. biggest no brainer. If you have real estate, yeah. the biggest no brainer in the history of earth. Um, it will save you. This is to your point about starting this, this, there's a reason why real estate professionals who are kind of constantly acquiring real estate don't pay much tax because the tax code was designed to incentivize just this. And you're right, it's phasing out over time. But for now, you know, the present we have from now until the end of the year is is 80 percent. Right. Next year goes to 60 percent, um, which is still a tremendous amount. So let, I guess. Is are you talking about bonus depreciation in number four in the context of cost segs or just in general? Is there anything else that I mean, is this or is cost segs just taking advantage of the bonus depreciation law? Well, it, you know, for. Yeah. So cost segs help. Uh, it's the cost segregation study is an engineering study that takes the asset and divides which components of the right. assets right. are eligible for bonus on a which, schedule done by engineers. Yep. You guys have all that. Is that different than a, than a 179 or is that on the same kind of principle? So 179 is which we're very familiar with in dentistry. Let me give you an yeah. example, Mitchell. We get calls from our sales reps around Thanksgiving. Craig, would you guess? Yep. Yep. And it's, hey, you should buy this $130,000 piece of equipment. It'll only cost you $10,000 down and you'll be able to write off the entire amount. Is yep. that bonus depreciation or a 179 rule? Are they different? They're they're a bit different. And I, I would okay. say that's five-year property and it, it is eligible for 179. And 179 is not limited to 80% this year. So if if you're a doc who has it, it's a hundred percent, but it has limitations. You can only take about a million of one seventy nine, and after you've put oh, only about, a million, Pete, only a million, only a million, and after you've put in two and a half million of assets, one seventy nine starts to step down. So the year you put mm -hmm. a building into service, you may not be able to one seventy nine, but. Um, but what? like for the sake of like the dental relevant equipment, yeah. a scanner at 30, uh, a sure. chrome beam, a hundred grand. The F-150 truck. Right. The F-150, the, the Sprinter van with um, the, Peter's the face pole. on the it side of it. Patience. With, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Did you see uh, that by the way? It was really a tractor. Craig. <laughs> yeah, a, tra a tractor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Mini excavator. I don't know. I'm just throwing out specifics here. So at, help us understand the two and a half million. So you've got a dental practice. You yeah. bought the building a long time ago. We're just talking 179 right now. We're shifting yeah. gears. I can do up to a million dollars per year in equipment. Yep. But no more than $2.5 million in the lifetime of that business. Is that well, what I understand? This is the idea of bonus and one. Uh, this gets kind of almost so granular, we probably shouldn't talk about it. But okay. you have to optimize in the new world for bonus versus 179 as bonus is stepping down because 179 is 100%. But if you know, and your accountant should and would do that for you. But uh, yes. So, 
equipment is five-year property and all of this equipment you're going to buy and all of it that's going to be sold to you with financing plans and um, kind of, uh, you know, uh, cheap baked in debt because it's held on that company's balance sheet or, or whatever that means. You, you know, uh, your sales rep who says, hey, buy this $130,000 piece of equipment, you got to put 10K down and it's going to be a 2% interest rate and it's a no brainer. I mean, if you can go generate free cash off of that equipment, uh, you should probably do it, you know? Yeah. And I also want to say like, if it is 0% or a low interest rate or deferred payments or yeah. whatever, the year you buy it is the year you get to take yep. the depreciation. Yep. So if you, if it's the same as cash for three years, yep. you can actually take the tax, you know, the, the, um, the, the law, the abatement, uh, of your AG of your adjusted gross income and then pay for it over yeah. time. That's pretty cool. So the, yeah, the idea of I'm going to walk into the, the Chevy dealership, and plunk a thousand dollars down and drive a Tahoe off the lot on December 15th, I'm going to get a hundred thousand dollar deduction this year. But you know, the boomerang always flies back in that I'm going to be making payments for the next six years <laughs> and not getting yeah. deductions. Yeah, right. So, you know, that, and let's talk about bonus depreciation in this kind of global sense, and then we can move on. But like this creates a deferred tax liability. Uh, on your balance sheet, that's what shows up in the sense that I took a deduction today that should have been taken over five years or 15 years. So, so I ate my lunch on Monday and, and you know, I'm going to go pay for it Tuesday through Friday. And cool. so it, it, it's a great thing the year you get it, it, it reduces your cost of capital. It's an interest-free loan from the government. There, there's a lot of ways to think about it. But there's a recapture. Is that what you're saying? Recapture happens. And just like, like we mentioned, if there's debt on the asset, you're going to be servicing that debt oh, for no. the next five years with, with free cash that's post-tax because you already enjoyed the tax benefits. So what you know these every one of these tools needs to be thought through you know begin with the end of mind but man bonus depreciation helps you i mean there's literally the not ground. there's craig would you craig and i would follow the same methodology literally when i close on a piece of property the next phone call when i'm driving home from the closing is to cost seg is to you yeah. to, to yep. make to, that is the next thing to yeah. do. That's how impactful it is. And, you know, like I said, we're now going to have, by the time this pod comes out, you can go to dentalcostseg.com, which is kind of designed for dental specificity of cost segs. If you own a piece of real estate or you're thinking about a piece of real estate, or one day you want to have a piece of real estate, like go to this website, Mitchell, will hook it up. Um, Mitchell, are you, anything else on that? Not on, not on the dental cost seg, but on bonus. No, depreciation. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, it's just, it's the eighth wonder of the world. It, it helps yeah. you take your money today and, you know, either put equity into a pro property or put a down payment on an asset that's going to hopefully generate you money and get a big old depreciation deduction this year. So Do you think there's any growing. chance because Congress always changes and this is not on the record by any means for you. Although we will, we will clip it and make fun of yeah. you. Yeah. Wrong. Well, do you think uh, there's yeah. any chance that at December, when they realizing interest rates are still rising, they need to stimulate the economy and and you know, like him or or not, 
Trump stimulated the economy by doing this, yep. right? Do you think that there is a way to just say, you know what, we're going to hold or reinstate 100% or you think they're just going to try and let it just die? I mean, know, I'm sorry, phase out, phase out. They, uh, I mean, there have already been, I think, a, in June, a bill went into Congress. There was proposed legislation to extend 100% bonus. <laughs> but bonuses come in and gone out before, you know what I mean? And And they've figured out that it's a button that works, but to stimulate, to stimulate, but yeah. you know, like, like any button that works, if you, if you just keep, if you're the, the rat hitting the cocaine button in the experiment, eventually, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know, uh, it, you know, they, I hope it comes back. It's really, really good for me. It's good for my clients. <laughs> before, I, before I go to number five, Mitchell, have yeah. you seen the, the movie Step Brothers? Yes, not okay, in a Craig, long time. Craig, I would like for you to read number five for me, please. Okay, some the mega backdoor Roth. So the mega backdoor Roth. Everybody loves the backdoor Roth. <laughs> <laughs> this is your tweet, not mine, Mitchell. I'm not, I, I have no who, vicarious who, liability. Who doesn't, love a giant, who doesn't love a giant backdoor, right? Who okay, does a mega, a mega giant one? <laughs> Okay, you uh, gotta I love go this with podcast. It. It's gotta... okay. We'll edit all this out. We'll clean it entirely. No, we are not cleaning shit out. I'm, I'm joking with oh. you, dude. You can't clean this shit. We're, we're gonna send it to my Mimi, my grandmother. She's oh, yeah, just I be so proud. Mimi, uh, I just want you to know Mitchell wrote this, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. Doctor Craig would never. Um, I didn't write this. It's your tweet. So mega yes, backdoor. Go ahead. Craig loves mega backdoor. Mega mega. Uh, back back door door. Is uh, you know this is a this is for self-employed business owners, meaning business owners who don't have a bunch of employees other than them, themselves. Independent um, contractor. Independent contractors. Float around to different offices. Bingo. They had the locum shift people who just make uh, great money on one or several 1099s. You are my people, actually. The, the, that's, that's one of the best ways to do this. Without... Is, this a SEP? Is this a SEP like defined benefit plan kind of thing? Similar. No? It, it's a 401k mm -hmm. that has kind of these two buckets, the, the 19.5 or the 25 or the 22.5 that, that you can put away on the employee side. And then the employer can make a match. And so the employer match maxes out at $66,000 for a, a year for a Roth IRA. So Yes. So if you use the right um, Jesus plan administrator and you are a solo person, mm -hmm. you can make the employer Roth contribution or you can make the employee Roth contribution or you can make the employee, uh, you know, ordinary IRA contribution. And then you had the opportunity to on the other side, shove in $41,000 or $45,000 of Roth contribution. And it's tax free or tax abate, a tax deferred. So, uh, uh, ordinary IRA. Craig's he, laughing at you saying shove, by the way. No, I haven't. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. He's, no. he's Guys, so laughing. Stop. What is wrong with you? No, I got a plain okay. text. Don't say it. Don't implicate <laughs> me in your stupid behavior. This is My question was specifically, I gotta you go. have to be careful of this because, um, the, if you're, 
you, you could be a single employee in one corporation, but have yep. other corporations where you have other employees. It's the total, you have to only you, explain that Mitchell, just so people are getting excited and be like, oh, yeah. I have a single member LLC over here where I do this, but then over here I have nine employees. Talk about that. Yeah. So there's this thing called ERISA, the Employment Retirement Income Security Act of 1974, where a bunch of doctors were giving themselves a Cadillac retirement and health plans. And then the, the, all the nurses on the other side were, um, you know, on Medicaid or something. And, you know, they, they figured out that if, if the principles of a business are going to offer a, a benefit plan to themselves, then they need to offer that to the agents of the business as well. So um, if you have employees in, in cross cross controlled businesses, you have to offer the same benefit plans to everybody. So again, this is best for the uh, locum lone shift lone wolf. I go from office to office to office, and I'm sure y'all talk about this, but like I said, mm -hmm. that's a great place to be. If you want, to make a lot of income and have like no response or not have the responsibility of all of the overhead of, of, uh, you know, growing a business, but it's hard to sell that business, right? If not impossible. And so the other thing I mentioned in this is this is a great opportunity. If you make less than about $400,000, or if you're in the 32% tax bracket or, or under, you know, the 24% tax bracket, this is a great thing to do. If you're going to be a high earner for a long time to Peter's point, the traditional kind of, um, pre-tax IRA, you don't pay tax. Now you shove it in, you shove it right. Craig, relax into that into that uh retirement Don't account and then it grows tax-free and then uh, it grows tax-free until you're 59 and a half and then you can start pulling the money out and you'll pay tax at and that, ordinary and you pay the tax at that point at that yeah. point right in the roth you take out it, it goes in uh you, you pay tax today you pay tax on the front end and it grows tax-free and yeah, then yeah, okay. theoretically you never pay tax on it in your life and your kids can pull it finally like liquidate that thing 10 years after you die or mm. you, so that's the the end game of the roth it but again so it, you know a lot of thought has to be put into that but the idea that you can get sixty five thousand dollars a year into a roth ira is, is crazy pretty wild it's so. crazy that's great that's a great that's a great number uh number five number six give yourself tax credits r d 45L179D. Oh my. Um, yeah, so the the idea of uh, R&D, especially in dentists, if, mm -hmm. if you're developing process techniques. 3D um, printing, doing yeah. new software, new pieces of equipment. That, that you plan to monetize one day that are technical in nature, that are, uh, you know, processes or techniques that are, are are improving upon things that have ever been developed uh, out there then you are investing in research and development and to the extent that you're either paying yourself or other us employees or contractors or that you have overhead costs in order to develop this r d you, you may be eligible for an r d credit study 
I'd say an R and D credit's about seven percent of the cost. And, and the wonderful thing about it is it's a credit; it's not a mm. deduction. Mm. But it, it, one thing that hit this year is this thing called one seventy four, where you have to take those costs and add them back and amortize them. So the the opposite of the cost seg of getting the deferred tax liability, you have to uh, effectively create a deferred tax asset which no one likes so r&d is not as fun as it used to be but and the tax credit or the credit is it a tax credit or a credit uh it's a tax credit or i i don't know is I, it taxable kind of, income is what i'm trying oh, he's to saying it's a credit like wherever your wherever yeah. your tax bill comes in if you owe, let's call it a hundred thousand yeah, i just want to make sure it wasn't taxable yeah. income like a like a credit like a, well so yeah the no it's it's uh a dollar for dollar rebate. Uh, basically, you go spend a hundred dollars, and you're going to get a seven dollar tax rebate at the bottom, and you're Understood. still going to get those ninety three cents of of deduction as well. So they basically take a, a portion of your deduction, and instead of making it a deduction, they say actually this is going to be a credit, which is got it understood when did the r d thing become less sexy you kind of had like a little deflation yeah. at the end yeah uh, this year and this is part of also the idea that they may uh, extend 100 bonus you know the tax cuts jobs act put in this provision that starting in the tax year 2022 there would be this add back of some of those expenses over four years that would be amortized. So it, it's a timing difference, but it just isn't as fun. And everyone held their nose for six and six years and nine months, hoping that Congress would reverse the ad back. And they, they haven't yet. Everyone still is hoping they will reverse the ad back. But this is part of why you have to have a good CPA because this stuff is just changing constantly. And, and, trying to be on the cutting edge of, of saving people taxes is, um, it, you know, it's a roller coaster sometimes, but, um, so that's the R and D credit. Um, the four five L credit and one seventy nine D those are both credits in, in building, um, energy efficient, either new stick frame kind of housing or, office commercial building hmm. 179d is commercial 45l is is for home builders producing like a solar panel on the 179d would be or no uh solar is solar is a whole different ball game uh, no these are building ballgame. to energy stars like lead standards. like craig's building like lead certification stuff like that yep okay. yep 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 wait 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 i started paying attention again i'm sorry um <laughs> that that lead certification in my was, building was built in 2012 though there's nothing left for me to do there, is there? No, this this is all right. Uh, all right. Keep going. But guys. if you're building that building today, you're gonna get a per uh, square always, foot. I'm always ahead of your times. Jeez. You're always you're always one step ahead. Yeah, um, just, you're just front running things, Craig. That's what we the, say. Yeah. So the those are you know, I think a lot of um a lot of the new incentives in government are going to be pushed towards energy saving and in, in building and development and conservation so, easements non-syndicated <laughs> conservation carbon credits i think the future is bright for that stuff yeah not yeah, the yeah. syndicated ones that were flagged 
Yeah. But I think, you know, when I get on Delta Airlines and I read the pamphlet and they say they're 100% carbon neutral, I'm like, uh, I can smell this jet from like, you know. You can so, you can see the big uh, the big yeah, contra, billow contra. of uh, yeah. so yeah um, but look tax credits are gonna they're always evolving and they're always gonna be a thing and sometimes they make a deal work that otherwise wouldn't work where if if you can reduce the cost of capital of building your practice yeah. building because you got a big old government stimulus you ought to do it the big guys do it you know how do they build the baseball stadiums and, and all that they you know so um number seven fringe benefits uh, we're just moving right along guys yeah. uh, so fringe benefits are you know using credit card points you use your credit card to go buy google adwords or you know and then you mm -hmm. or to go pay for all of the expenses in your business well you earn points for for travel you can use that travel for personal travel or you can use those points for personal travel and not pay tax yeah. can i ask bargain. you something now that we got a real yeah. life cpa because peter and i oftentimes pretend we are ones good I, I i've been saying this for a little while and i hope i'm not yep. wrong so if you have that same business card but instead of a um point system they give you cash back that cash is that um tax-free you know, it's gone back and forth, and I I wish I had Today I wish I like tactic. knew. Okay, no I, problem. I, I, I'm I'm just not at a certain scale. It becomes taxable, and especially yeah. if you pull the cash out and dump it into your bank account, yeah. it's taxable. So the best but thing. But the points you can, are not. I mean, amazing. The like, there's a lot not. of you know, like Patterson takes my credit card and Invisalign takes my Patterson, uh, credit card. Both because it's be not sponsored. converted to a currency. I mean, that's yeah. the whole reason, right? No, let's I mean, not go there. Don't even say that word. Why? Because because you're going to go through the, I know I can't, we can't afford the time when we talk about currency. Yeah, okay. Uh, right. Peter's, Peter's a believer in the- uh, All right, number eight. The, the, rebate, the rebate thing's the way to go. You know, yeah, for sure. You don't want to, you don't want them to put dollars in your bank account that that's Got always it. a bad thing uh, you never want that um so it, it, but a broader concept of fringe benefits is i used to have a job i worked for bdo i was an accountant for bdo and i paid my own cell phone bill i wasn't reimbursed so i had to earn money then pay tax and then pay my cell phone bill. Mm -hmm. um the day i became a business owner i got to earn money pay my cell phone bill and then pay tax. So yeah. like that's the best fringe benefit for business owners is that there's all these expenses that exist in your life where you're trying to better yourself and get better at your profession yeah. and you have a home office and you have this. You and know. we talk about this a lot, not to take a, a huge tangent, but sure. like, you know, obviously a dentistry, as you know, Mitchell is being, is trying to be highly consolidated. There's lots of people selling, right? And so what, what dentists forget when they're looking at the big juicy price tag of what someone's willing to pay is that all those, you become a W-2 and now all those business deductions yep. that you enjoyed at the quality of life that you take for granted, the free, you know, the cable, the this, the that, right? The car, it's, it's increasingly harder to, to take those deductions. So you lose those owner benefits in, in that big equation. So, you know, we always caution people and Craig and I've been through this exercise, like, wait a second, yeah. you know, you're, we'd be missing out on X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. So um, hopefully you have 
speaking fees or some other kind of income that you can hang on to, but you know, not, you know, that that's where yeah, we had. So a, basically you're saying if you're selling your practice, make sure you have a side hustle. Yep. Yeah. I had a physician uh, client who in 2022, they sold their private, they sold their practice to private equity. He's a W2 guy now. Yep. He used to be a practice owner and I was just like, well, thank goodness you're still tall and handsome and drug companies <laughs> will pay you to get on zoom calls. So that's right. To be a that's, <laughs> that's his, uh, that's his only, uh, source for, you know, deducting is, is gas and, auto insurance. So it's a really important algorithm to compute for those that are listening to this to really understand the efficiencies of your business. And also when you transact it, you don't, you don't do the math on the taxes. So, you know, your business is worth a hundred dollars, you sell it, you pay tax on it, you have seven or $8 to invest. And then that investment comes through as ordinary income without any tax efficiency. So if yep. you're really going to do the math, you know, Peter and I are big team never sell guys because the narrative is so pervasive that the, the tide's running out. You better jump in before it's too late. You better sell today. And oh, by the way, call me and I'll get a big. Yeah, everyone's jumping in the boat of like Mitchell. Because they're, they're, mon- they're monetizing it too. So. Yeah, they jump up. Hey, sell your practice. You should do it. The time, like Craig's saying, like the time yeah. is now. And so we're pr- trying to play the counter argument because it doesn't make sense for a lot of people to fall into that panic. And so we're, or, the- uh, yeah. Would you, would you want to go get a job? Did it, you already own your practice? You've already done a lot of the hard work. You can keep growing or we'll hand you a chunk of money and now you'll have a job again. Um, it, it's a tough. Well, I mean, the math can make sense, but what all I was saying for the sake of what I, the point I was trying to make is that just put the tax implications into the math that you're doing is all I'm saying. One and then uh, I bought a small accounting book um, from, uh, you know, a book of accounting work from a retiring CPA. And I just paid him a commission on gross receipts for the next few years. And I think he, he just wanted the money because he's an accountant and he understood, Hey, I'm basically no longer working. I'm not making that much money. I could just use the commissions as an earn out. So then I can deduct against them and it, you know, I'll just have, I'll have some money coming through for the next few years. So yeah, it, it worked out so far, I guess. All right. Number eight, can you hit that horn again? Cause I, I need a little energy here. What do you mean? I got, I got uh, no, I don't know. I feel like the energy's. this is the best shit right here. Eight, nine, this, and 10 are my favorites. The, uh, the Augusta rule that, you know, and this is a big deal for, so the Augusta rule is called the Augusta rule because there's a there's a really nice golf course in Augusta, Georgia, and uh, there's a big golf tournament there. And and folks get out of town and rent their houses to golfers and golfers families and people who are, are coming to see the tournament. And, and and we wonder how the rich get richer, huh? And, and that Bingo. one town was able to lobby our government, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's the like 6,700 that. pages of tax code where yeah. it could just say, Hey, just pay tax on all the money you earn, less all the right. expenses you make. But no, now we have some, some, you know, 10,000 page bill that comes through Congress that then <laughs> so yeah. we, we stick this little one in, but so you, so can, you can rent out your primary home. You can rent out your primary home for 14 days tax free. You can exclude the income. You don't have to report the income on your personal return at all. And so what businesses do, 
this is this is TikTok CPA right here. So and there there's some I've I've never seen a tax court case where this really gets co completely torn apart. But the idea is I could create a contract between me, Mitchell Baldridge, and my business Better Bookkeeping, where Better Bookkeeping agrees to rent out Mitchell Baldridge's house for 14 days for a market rate of $2,000 a day. And so Better Bookkeeping gets a $28,000 deduction and Mitchell Baldridge gets to exclude the $28,000. That right. That's the simplest form of it. And Craig, will you rent my home and I'll rent yours? Uh, well, uh, something bulletproof, I'm baby. No, but I have, I'm actually doing all kidding aside. I do doctors, dinners and stuff like that at my primary residence. So I do, I do whether or not, I don't know if I actually use the Augusta rule for that. I don't think I do, but I actually have like my Christmas dinner will be there for the doctors. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, the, the idea is, do you have a business case for it? Do you have a lease agreement? Do you have all this stuff? Does money change hands? Sometimes it's it? so, you know, like my, my, you know, it just depends on how, how how much monkey business you want to do? I mean, I mean, look at how what's your fair market value of your house? I mean, if it's Pete's house, it's probably like what a night, like one hundred seventy five dollars. Honestly, like what do you okay, think? A doing? days in, yeah, it's, it's probably. I'm yeah. thinking like a super rate. My little my little shack probably is probably one one fifty. Okay, so one hundred twenty dollars times fourteen. Is it worth? Yeah. Is it yeah. worth the four hundred dollars in taxes you're saving? I don't know. It, yeah, Pete's at the fifteen percent rate too. So right, you, you right, right. Think yeah. about that. Yes. Um, so. Look, it, it, I probably get He's on my TV. side now, Peter. This is you terrible. This you is are terrible. an equal opportunity harasser, Mitchell. I, You're going to uh, be a frequent uh, guest. Can we do right? another pod? Yeah, hopefully y'all can both turn on me and we can we can you got inspect nothing, my man. molars or yes. something. But uh, <laughs> That's true. Send us a picture of the back of your mouth. We got to rag on you for something. You see so, that marginal ridge, Peter? It's like got yeah, gray yeah. decay through it. Look at those buckle flat pads. I'm like, oh, God, go ahead. No. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, sticky, sticky beds or whatever. Um, let's so sticky grooves I, is what you're trying to grooves. say, right? Yes. Oh my, listen, <laughs> Mitchell, we can't have you talk any. We are we are CPAs compared to how you are as a dentist. Yes. I, I hope so. Uh, yeah, I I I use the sticky little beds. Sticky I use beds. the little uh, you know, the little Don't even say it. Proxibrush. Don't even say it. You you um, make you're you're subtracting value from your vast array of knowledge. So this I hope that I say this somewhere at the end of this, but yes, the, the, I, I love this idea of return on hassle that I, I need to trademark, but it, it's like, I give all these tax tips out. And then when people come back to me and want to talk about the Augusta rule, I'm always just kind of like, man, is it really no, worth it? Let's you? start at something bigger. Let's go right. buy a building for your business rather right. than try to I love that. cram so through a 28,000 strategy that you were underselling. You're like, dude, yeah. don't do that. Right, or, like, do this you yourself. You said this is TikTok CPA. Well, I, yeah, know. I'm like, I know I, I some things you just got to do for clicks, man. It's unfortunate, but uh, but you know, yeah, a $28,000 deduction is cool, but you know what's really cool? A $2.8 million deduction. So mm -hmm. let's do that. So it, this, you know, speaking of nine, we buried the lead. PTET, um, pass through entity taxes, these salt cap workarounds. Wait, so number Wait, nine, P Ptet, Ptet, yeah, P yeah, and salt cap workarounds. Okay, no well, idea. We're we're about to dig in. We're getting into my world, uh, uh, but like, so the you know, 
Craig doesn't Salt. like details, uh, Mitchell, yeah, just so you know. It'd be me and you having He's going to love this. So yeah. it, w state and local tax cap workarounds in 2017, when they did this whole Tax Cuts Jobs Act, they took um, the state income taxes or property taxes that you could deduct, and they put a cap on that of $10,000 a year. So everyone in high income tax states was really, really pissed off, like uh, right. New York and California, where they pay 13 percent state income tax. And they were able to deduct that for federal purposes. Well, that deduction went away. So everyone's even though they lowered the taxes, uh, you know, it was a tax cut. A lot of people in California and New York who pay a lot of taxes, uh, lo and behold, their federal income taxes go up. Well what those states did to counteract this regime is they said, well, if you own an S corp or if you own a partnership, you can elect to pay taxes at the S corp level or the partnership level. And then you can deduct them as state taxes. Cause you're allowed to deduct state oh, taxes in your business, but not personally, not applicable so, for the three of us living in Georgia, Texas, and Florida. We, we we live in America, but, um, you know, these other people, yes, it's very applicable when you're in, when you're in a high income tax state like California and you're paying 250 grand a year of state taxes. If you can figure out how to deduct that at your business level rather oh, wow. than deducting it, then not deducting it on your 1040. You're yeah, saving we have a lot of California bulletproof people, a lot in our mastermind. Yeah, so this pay attention to this PTET salt cap workaround. Yeah, so, so it's fair to say, just for conservation of the limited brain cells I have, that sure. as a Florida resident without state income taxes is not applicable for me. Keep enjoying your life, man. But okay. um, like but if you're in coffee. California, you can take your state tax rate from 13.1%. We're not listening to this I don't know why you're saying that. Georgia, yeah. we're And we deduct, you can, they just elected to deduct it on the, on the, on the corporate level. Yep. So, so I mean, Georgia has state tax. done that in several yeah. of my entities. Um, all right, so, Mitchell, we're wrapping it up. Number 10. The best for leads. Real, real planning and good advice. There's no substitute. As your business grows, so, you know, you got to spend more time on stuff like this and you got to have good help. You know, I, I can brush my teeth at night, but I, I don't even know what a, what a, sticky groove ridges so i gotta go to a dentist um well that's well, a good way it's a good point not on the sticky thing but but like look sometimes you outgrow <laughs> some, look, that's a terrible business, point as yeah, basically i like this part of what you said the other point, thing was Mitchell, absolutely stupid but this but hear me out so sometimes like we we get married to people for example it, it as our okay you're my tax guy and, and or a tax girl and like you ride with them even though you may evolve into more of a, i'm not saying you have to pivot cpas but like what got you here won't get you there meaning that that as your business becomes larger there's more complexity to your ecosystem and therefore there's there's more opportunities with someone who could like yourself someone who's more strategic that's looking ahead and forecasting and saying hey think about this and costs like this it's a different level and as versus like, hey, I have a CPA and, and they do my W-2. Well, yep. Okay. Like, no shit. I could do that. You yeah. know? TurboTax. Yeah, um, TurboTax. Yeah. So, you know, and look, here I, here I go into it. Uh, as you consider any tax strategy, keep return on hassle at the top of your mind. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, as you scale up, you you may need a better tool or a better team or a better group of people to to really do what you're trying to do. Um, sometimes really really good advice can can cost you, but it can also save you. And so, yeah, then uh, you know I go into my plug of of better bookkeeping, and and I'll do the same here. We were talking before, you know, you guys gave me this killer kind of like benchmark PL standard that that mm-hmm. I've been looking at and that I've been working inside of better bookkeeping trying to like layer on an interface mm-hmm. specifically for Dennis we're working on that and hopefully by the time this comes out we're going to keep tuning that up so if you go to betterbookkeeping.com like a like a, this is your panel Oh yeah, yeah. So it's this killer. is the dashboard, right? Which Dennis love a graphic. We love information, especially when it comes to this. And like so many of us are used to getting your PL a month after the month passed. And it's like, hey, did you look at your PL? And you're like, yeah, but that shit happened 30 days ago. Like it's really hard to take action, especially when I don't know what these numbers mean and it's not broken down into a percentage. Am I doing well? Am I doing bad? And yep. so like this is where you know we are big fans um in our practice. Mitchell of having it's called practice analytics or, or business intelligence software, probably in the, in the business world, right. Where it tells you, you know, we dig in and you look at like, how's my, my chair performing and how's this operator performing and what's this conversion rate, but we don't have the same level of sophistication and, and UI, you know, the user interface for the most important thing. And so that's why I love this. Uh, I love getting, being able to get this on a graphical level where I know to take action and where to where to plug holes maybe so sorry to cut you off but i wanted to no, cut no. that up so if if you're if you want to you know work with us at better bookkeeping come on board and if if you do tell us that you want the the bulletproof, bulletproof the bulletproof template the bulletproof template and we're gonna we're gonna set you up with that and we're gonna just get this thing humming uh, kind of a special chart of accounts for dennis and to like y'all had mentioned to break out the benchmarks of we need it's to put all fun. the hygienists in one bucket. We need to put the assistants in one bucket. We're we're gonna put all the and also my just pet peeve with data. data. My pet right. peeve with data, yeah, Mitchell, is it causes a lot of paralysis with people, yep. right? And and it's like, okay, I see it all. It's great. It's sexy. Blah blah blah. But like, what do I do, right? And so, letting someone give get information to actually take action is the first step to becoming bulletproof in my opinion like okay see the problem fix the problem versus like i don't even know what i'm looking at so that's why i'm a big fan how to win too, peter like so it's not even an action point of where what i what do i do it's what is normal the most basic conversation is (laughs) what you know, I talk to people, if you don't know your numbers, you don't own a business. You can't say you're a business owner. If you're just flying blindly, you just can't. And you just need to know what is a win and it has to be a range because maybe you want to give chapstick and sunglasses or a free sonic toothbrush to every practice. And that's a patient rather. And that's okay. Your business has to be optimized for what you want. And we're never going to tell you this is the exact profit you should be at because profits are range. It should be from blank to blank, depending on how you want to r- run it. Right. And, you know, Peter, our practices could be a lot more efficient if we took away the things that we must have there. Right. You know, like our summits could be a lot more profitable if we didn't have them at the win in Las Vegas. You know, yeah, but you, you and I have at, at, you know, Ramada. Uh, yeah, my house, actually. Pizza house, yeah. 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 $5 a night. One, but what, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that the 
Um, the metrics are important and there's not an agreed upon set of them. So I'm really proud of this endeavor because it took me a long time of my own ass kicking. And then it also took me a long un- idea time to understand entrepreneurial profit. Cause like we said at the beginning of the pod, most dentists don't pay themselves. Sure. But they work for free. They produce with their own hands a million dollars and they see what's left at the bottom line. Like, holy shit, I run 70% profit. No, you don't dude. Yeah. Or if you do, you want to work for me for free. And then it's yeah. like an aha moment. And if you're thinking that you want to scale your business beyond the job that you've created for yourself, you must know your numbers. Cause I, uh, and I'll tell you the story Mitchell and then I'll stop talking. Um, when I had a top line of $2 million, I was making like 600 grand a year. And I, when I got to 4 million, I made half that. And then I got to 8 million, made a quarter of that. I'm like, okay, this is not a linear exchange. This isn't scaling the way I thought. Yes. Hopefully you get to 15 and you can, you know, pay 650 to (laughs) pay 650 to show up to work. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, or, or yeah, maybe you'll get, maybe hopefully it just goes all the way to zero and then just, just levels out but uh yeah. no, no but like, i corrected it but it was painful and and our goal as we said in the beginning of the pod is peter and i just don't want these bumps and bruises for everybody that's listening we didn't have a podcast to hear you know we had to learn the the, the really really hard way it, so it's, it's it's funny that you you know you guys have this bulletproof benchmark and it, and it's you know effectively 30 percent goes to labor 30 percent goes to overhead and exactly 40 percent profit yeah, and that's a lot like how any uh, an All accounting firm is the same. Yeah, an accounting firm would run the exact same way of thirty yeah. percent to labor, thirty percent to overhead. I've had, and yeah, I've had entrepreneurs profit. come in here and be like, "Yeah, okay, you know, how many employees do you have? Okay, blah blah blah." He's like, "I bet your top line is blank." I'm like, "Yeah, holy shit, how do you know that?" He's like, "Because all businesses." I think that was Scott Galloway that did that. Oh sure, he's like you know. He goes, this place smells of low profit margin. <laughs> he said that to me. He's like, wow, the chapstick is really nice. You think that's low profit. You should come to one of our summits. Yeah. Well, a summit's designed to give back. Well, our practices are too. Hey, listen, but, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. You know, uh, but if you get the numbers in front of you and you realize, oh, I should be at 30% salaries and i'm at 42 percent. you have some choices at least you you could go well i guess i need to bring more money in the door or i need to raise prices or something's not giving maybe i haven't been raising prices along with the uh cost of eggs you, you know what i mean like or and to your point craig when you when you run into that buzzsaw of actually knowing the numbers it, it is painful to kind of unwind but at least you know and it, yeah, we, we try to distill down to Mitchell, like, you know, because I think in the, in the, when you were presented with a hundred metrics, a hundred KPIs, a hundred things, guess how many of that we, that we look at and address zero. So we just, we try to distill our things down, like, look at these five KPIs, but the same thing applies to, to, to this software, right? Yep. Like, I think dentists are very willing to address the problem. Sometimes we just don't have the right information yeah. that's going to move the lever that's actually going to improve your life. Like yep. it's that simple. And I think that's why, that's why I'm, I'm a fan and, and, you know, well, I guess we can, we can button it up, but, uh, but yeah, man, I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. I, I think those top 10, um, things are cool and it gets people ideating about what they have in their own ecosystem, what they could save on, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's good questions to audit their own CPA, right. To kind of be an intelligent consumer of 
not just not just the bystander of I got my taxes done. You know, it's a dialogue with your CPA. It's it's where can we look for strategy, right? Because not everyone needs to sh to switch, um, but sometimes it's just being involved. Just like you should be involved in your marketing and not completely outsource that. Just like you should be involved in your operations manual. You know, all those things. You can't just outsource. Like, oh, my CPA does that. I'm not involved. You need yeah. to be involved. You need yeah. to be involved. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know if you take away nothing from this. It's like, you should just call your CPA and walk into their office and try to have a two hour meeting with your, tell them, Hey, bill me for two hours. We're going to uh -huh. sit down and we're just going to run through everything. I want to understand my books. I want to understand the last year's tax return. And you may find that your CPA just won't have the capacity to do that. And in oh. which case, you may start looking for a different CPA or a coach or somebody who can help you outside of that to really kind of get your hands around what is going on in your business mm -hmm. and, and what do you need to start focusing on? And, yeah. and are there and, holes to plug and, and what yeah. are they? And I'm willing to do yeah. that, but like, help me identify them, sir. Yep. Ma'am. Yeah, yeah, I think the other thing too that you touched upon is uh, advice is oftentimes the least expensive thing to pay for than bad experience. Yeah. Um, I have a doctor uh, who remained nameless that just is really priding himself on the fact that his CPA, it's like, uh, you know, TurboTax or whatever. And then like, when I started asking him things like, hey, have you done this? Have you done that? Have you done this? And he's like, oh shit, I didn't even know about that. Why is he not telling me this? I'm like, what do you pay that guy? Like, yeah. you know, like what, like, don't get mad at him. Like he's, you know, don't, don't go to Jiffy oh Lube and expect that you're going to get like, yeah, for you your know, Ferrari, so for speak. your Ferrari. And, and at a certain point, you know, yes, it's important to be frugal with your investment advice, but poor advice costs you or no advice costs you in experience, emotion, and time. This yeah. person made a mistake. This rule that he didn't, there's a thing in Florida called the homestead exemption. Oh, he yeah. didn't know to file for it. Yeah. I'm like, they didn't, they didn't tell you. So he hasn't filed for it. So without going off a tangent, his taxes on his house went up by like $10,000 a year for several years. So he could have afforded he to pay. challenge it. Yeah. I'm sorry. You didn't he, challenge it. Meaning hey, right. Going to, well, they he, never even knew it was his personal residence. Oh, he was, like, he was getting he taxed at a totally oh, different uh, yeah, so scale. And they don't know about the Roth and they're, they're all, you know, and I'm like, you know, you're, you're proud, you're proud that you spend $3,000 in your tax advice, but you could have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars. Where did mind? You could have restructured the whole way your business model works and you could have been making 400 grand more a year for the last right, five right. years or for the right. next five years. Mitchell, uh, I have a yeah. question for you. Yes, sir. That I, that I advise people on. I wonder, I want to make sure I'm not, you know, because I did this a long time ago. A lot of people listening have student debt. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people now... And that that rate may not be very favorable, as we know, student rates, student loans were just re-implemented, um, right? But a lot of us, because of COVID, the, the silver lining was that the, there's there's equity in the building if you own that house pre-existing. So now you have equity. Is it okay? Could you get an interest rates? You can. Uh, I'm sorry for student loans are at a certain point you 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 phase out of that if you make too much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting so getting a HELOC to then pay, to pay that off. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it becomes tricky because the way that you look at building interest, um, if you take 
refi proceeds and don't you, you could take refi proceeds and invest it into the working capital of your business and then you could pull all the working capital out of your business oh, as I a see. distribution and pay, but you're not going to be able to like one for one, one take for one. a business okay. loan and pay your student loans and deduct that business interest but you probably have money somewhere doing something it's that, just a big issue you know, in the industry and so i just was you know there there are creative ways to think okay. about it i like where your head's at hey well can you come back on the pod and let's do another one because i want to unpack i think there's some more levels of cost seg and bonus yeah. depreciation it won't be an hour and 15 minutes like this one because i think this was a you know craig does not have the attention span for for all these details so we'll keep it really pithy and short right but see I, this is my oh, job back. i didn't realize after, you guys are still talking after sorry the, <laughs> after sorry. the night after my my uh my, we wrapped my night it's end. nighttime um, <laughs> just the sun is setting but would you come back on and, and kind of unpack that a little more because i think there's a lot of i know a lot of dentists who have real estate and a lot of people have not taken advantage of cost sex so i want to kind of keep unpacking that as to yeah how it works and why it works so that it's not like this hocus pocus like mystery thing and really for people to take advantage of of contacting you on dental cost seg um right where there's where there's dental specificity to kind of helping determine where their best uh best benefit may be so yeah that that would my, be fantastic yeah, i mean it'd be short i think maybe 20 sure. 30 minutes just to Let's kind of really it. kind of unpack it a little further and Craig, go ahead look uh, dental costs or you know cost segregation is not uh, TikTok accounting, uh, like, like the other thing I mm -hmm. mentioned, but like it is the, a specific tool for a specific user, but dentists are folks who are high income and, and are dentists love to get into real estate. So to the mm -hmm. extent that we can use that tool for you guys and, um, you know, help, help you get the most out well, of it. Even, even talking talk about, about I'd love for you to talk about maybe even outside opportunities like opportunity yep. zones or RV parks and different yep. like things like that, just as a Let's real go. quick thing. And I know yeah, you maybe see as well, if you don't mind, throw that in there. No the exemption. Oh, oh I love serious? that stuff. The car wash and the yeah, gas. Yeah, station, oh, okay. maybe well, see, yeah, yeah. Greg came back alive. Awesome. I know. I just get I get excited sometimes. Okay. Um, I know you connected with Jeff Anzalone. I saw that in your Twitter feed. And, and oh, he, yeah. uh, he and I are friends. I know he's very passionate about real estate and does RV stuff. And he's a he's a periodontist down in, uh, in in Louisiana. So anyway, I'd love to uh, get you back on. We'll we'll coordinate Let's offline. Go. And I uh, really appreciate you, bud, leaning into the dental community. And thank you for what – thank you. Yeah, thanks for your time. I appreciate y'all having me. And, yeah, follow, follow at Baldridge CPA on Twitter. I'm always tweeting about stuff. And, and yeah, thank you for – for the chance to get on and, and talk to talk to your community. Yeah, buddy. All right, everybody. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks guys.